Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I hope you are ready to listen to our God. Um, you have your pen, pen and pencil. Uh, be able to write your notes today. We will be looking at Unit 30, uh, Session 2, uh, Confronted by the Gospel of Jesus. Uh, with that in mind, let's, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father in heaven, we thank you for this time that you've uh, given us this opportunity to hear from you today. Help us, O oh Lord, that uh, in the life of Jesus, we'll be able to learn uh, much more things so that we can apply this in your lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today in our Gospel Project, we will be looking at the Unit 30, Session 2, uh, Confronted by the Gospel of Jesus. The summary of today's message is that Jesus confronts unbelievers so that they might trust in Him, and He calls them to live on mission for Him as part of His church. God also employs believers to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and commission the people of God brings into His church. In this session, we will uh, see from uh, Ananias' uh, reaction to God's command that Saul was an inconviable choice to be saved, much less lead the mission of taking the gospel to the Gentiles. No one would have foreseen his uh, conversion, yet God specializes in enlisting enemies to his service and uniting us with his church. Yes, Saul was not the la was not the last rebel God saved and commissioned. Every believer follows this pattern, including you and me. The session outline of today, again, if you uh, hopefully you have your uh, pen and paper and go ahead and take notes. If you have your Bible as well, we will be looking at the uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 30. And the first point is that uh, confronted by the Savior. This can be found in Acts chapter 9, 3 to 9. Uh, the second part is that uh, called for a mission. Uh, this can be found in Acts 9, 10 to 16. And the third point is united with believers which can be found in verse 17 to 20. Uh, the main idea of today's message is that Jesus confronts unbelievers to trust in Him and calls them to live on mission for Him as part of His church. To connect this back to Christ, the conversion and calling of Saul is the demonstration of God's power to save. Through an encounter with the crucified and risen Jesus, this is amazing, this once hardened persecutor of God's people began his journey to becoming perhaps the greatest missionary the world has ever known. Only the gospel can transform a public opponent of Christ into fervent witness to his salvation. Missional application, because we were once away from God, but are now his children through Jesus, we pray for the salvation of others with full confidence that God can transform even the hardest heart. The story of Paul, of Apostle Paul is amazing, right? Um, as mentioned earlier, he is a person who kills and uh, uh, believers. If you are a follower of Christ, you're dead. If you, uh, Saul saw you and the government wants you killed, that's Apostle Paul uh, Saul's job is to kill believers. Now the thing is, uh, I really thank the Lord that He periodically uh, stops us in our tracks. Not every dis uh, disruption we experience in life 
is a force of evil sent to derail believers. Even now and then, the interruption is God's directing us toward our life's mission as Christians. Have you ever had that time? I definitely have. God is also able and willing to stop unbelievers in their tracks. No shell so thick, no sin so big, no guilt so deep can prevent God from breaking through and interrupting a sinner's plans and steps. No one, even those most inoculated against or most hostile to, to the claim of Christianity, is outside of reach of our Lord. Yet God is so kind that He will not conquer by force that which He does not first confront by grace. Which brings us to the first question. How has God used unusual circum circumstances in your life to clarify His call and purpose in your life? Oh, the idea here is actually um, me struggling in high school. Um, there's there's a lot of opportunities actually being uh, in, in Jasper Place High School. A lot of opportunities uh, even here in Canada of what to choose from. There's so many uh, classes that you could go to. There's so many um, opportunities out there. But God... Uh, closed so many doors so that he can put me in the right spot i am very stubborn person uh, person actually and um i i tend to be i went to um i'm pretty much a, a yes man i would just say yes to everything and um the thing is god doesn't want that god wants me at the right place at the right time so therefore 
he merged me away from uh, every circumstances he closed many doors so that I can see clearly where he wants me to go and today I know where I'm going it's church planting so again don't don't I think in in my experience I was devastated that I had so many closed doors but God uh, put me in the right direction it's not it's not a bad thing just wait for God's calling which brings us to point one uh, confronted by the Savior let's look at chapter 9 uh, verse 3 to 9 let's read now as we went on his way he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground he heard a voice saying saying to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and he said who are you Lord and he said I am Jesus whom you are persecuting but rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do the men who were traveling with him stood speechless hearing the voice but seeing no one Saul rose from the ground and although his eyes were open he saw nothing so they led him by the land and brought him into Damascus and for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank in Acts 9 we learn a lesson about the prevailing power of heaven and deliberate movement of God and the humility of humanity in response Saul had garnered favor among the religious uh, religious rulers and acquired clout for his audacious stress against the church but when the the time was right a sudden light from heaven and the voice of the risen savior forever changed Saul's life Jesus called the one persecuting him to come to him in faith and obey the action in Acts 9 is swift and unexpected to Saul and of course to us but we should never think that God takes too long to move when God moves upon the will of human beings he does so purposely and decisively for a time and for his own purposes the Lord had all allowed Saul of Tarsus to stand arrogantly at the stoning of Stephen the first Christian martyr and to wreak havoc upon the church through threats and imprisonment but what seems sudden to us is long known to or even arranged by God himself so in his timing Jesus called to Saul to believe in him and obey the resurrected Savior the humbled response of Saul of Tarsus to the bright blinding light is a subject of conversation as he felt as he fell to the ground and asked his question in ignorance every encounter with Christ demands a recognition of who is really in charge that someone is not you or me Saul who was high in the eyes of men was brought low before the voice of Jesus Christ God will use no one who does not first come to realize his or her utterly insecurity before him. And God will not contend with human pride forever. 
The wisdom of scriptures teaches that we should voluntarily humble ourselves to God's calling. Now let's look at what calling means. This is an essential, this is an essential doctrine, so we'll go ahead and uh, take note of this. The calling of God to salvation happens in two ways. Externally through the proclamation of the gospel and internally through the Holy Spirit, working in the heart of the person who hears. Both of these callings are essential and both work together to bring someone to faith in Christ. Saul did not think uh, his reign of terror on the fledgling church was a war waged against God himself. This was just his job. That is until the resurrected Jesus named himself as the subject of Saul's terrorism. Jesus is the head of the church. He will stand up for his body. Yet while Jesus could have confronted Saul with force to kill and judge this persecutor, he confronted Saul with grace instead. The thing is, he showed love to Saul by confronting him, stopping him in his tracks, and calling him to join his church and mission. While on the ground, uh, Saul and his companions heard the sound, but the man saw no one. Uh, more than sight, uh, more than touch, more than taste in the realm of faith, uh, hearing might be our most important sense. Knowing the Lord's voice is, in part, the goal of the Christian life so we might hear and obey what he says. Saul knew enough to understand that the voice in the light should be honored and he asked this lord who he was and the lord jesus answered i am jesus what an introduction <laughs> with these words it seems the great i am the lord god of the old testament the way, the truth, and the life revealed himself to his enemy with grace so Saul could know the gravity and weight of his error. Let me ask you this question. What are some reasons we might consider people unqualified to be called by God?
the thing is this might be uh, through unbelief right um, maybe past sins maybe the sin is too big that you uh, maybe because you know what what I've done from the past surely God cannot call me to to mission or God can't call me to to worship lead or to be part of the leadership team or maybe present sins sins that we still do today oh because of this sin maybe you know I'm I'm not I'm not called for for a leadership team or I am not called to to do any service for God maybe lacks of skills uh, talents or gifts maybe you're a person who uh, maybe you're hostile you you are yelling all the time uh, maybe you hate um, you hate Jesus and everyone in the church there are so many reasons that that sometimes us as Christians we judge these people and put them away oh you're not allowed you're 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 far away from God therefore you are unqualified to be called by God which brings us to point to point two uh, called for a mission let's look at uh, Acts chapter 9 verse 10 to 16 let's read now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias the Lord said to him in a vision Ananias and he said here I am Lord and the Lord said to him rise and go to the street called straight and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul for behold he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hand on him so that he might regain his sight but Ananias answered Lord I have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on his on your name but the Lord said to him go for he for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how much he might suffer for the sake of my name <laughs> I love this story right uh, God's providence works in ways unexpected by us as he accomplishes his plan to reach the world with the gospel with Saul the Lord would call a Jewish zealot to commit himself to sharing the good news of Jesus with non-Jewish people see that a rigorous Pharisee would now count his pedigree as trash in comparison to knowing the gospel truth he would proclaim to Jews and Gentiles alike. But first, the Lord would use the people Saul came to persecute to become his teachers, his supporters, and his safety net. <laughs> That's a big irony right there. I like that. That's amazing. Um, God called uh, Saul into uh, Christian service in two stages. The first one is through the appearance of Jesus and then through the work of his church. Uh, God used a disciple uh, whom Saul would have despised to make a disciple out of Saul. 
Only God can do this unexpected, miraculous work, right? There's no way in the world, um, and even even uh, how good of a Christian you are, would you be okay to, to disciple this guy who used to persecute Christians, who used to persecute you himself. Um, so new instructions were coming in D D Damascus. Uh, they saw it on the dream, right? Uh, God gave, the, gave him this vision. But God gave the details of Saul's calling to Ananias. Uh, God wanted Ananias to know the potential of God's work through the rebel soul before Saul could even conceive of the unimaginable future that awaited him. This is an encouragement for the church. Uh, for those who are far from God might be the most uh, might be the most promising tools in the hands of God to reach people and the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should never count people out. I think everyone is uh, everyone can be used by God. Everyone can be uh, can be utilized in His mission. Um, who knows what God might do with the life of a scoffer turned believer, right? Um, anyone, anyone in the world, whoever you might be, murderer, uh, people who uh, whatever. Uh, race you have you are uh, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past all this can be uh can be utilized so that one day they can be a believer and be used for god's glory let me ask this question what are some unexpected ways you have seen god work in your life or the lives of others Uh, one of the expected ways that God uh, worked in my life is um, bring me to Canada. 
because when when I was little, I kind of have a little bit of a plan of um, how I'm gonna serve in the church. Um, pretty much, I wanted to get baptized uh, at church, and I kept missing for some reason um, the opportunity to be baptized. So uh, I tried my best to to get in there and like tell everyone, no, I wanted to get baptized, wanted to get baptized. But it just wasn't happening. I kept missing the time that they do it, or you know, there's just years passed, and it just wasn't happening. But I know for the fact that um, when I left to with my family to go to Canada to come here, um, that became uh, that strengthened my faith with God, and I I didn't know what it actually meant before, but now it's to come to realize that um, uh, be coming to Canada, uh, it strengthened my faith in in Jesus, and it made me realize that um, the perfect time was here when I got baptized here. Um, here I was able to uh, see where God wants me to go to go to church planting and to to uh, meet my 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 wife now, and there's just so many things that was uh, unexpected uh, but yeah it's uh, God is great uh, the Lord told Ananias to go to Saul so that Saul could go to Jew to the Jews and the Gentiles with the gospel of Jesus but Ananias was fearful of the man who had been sent to arrest and punish Christians of course if you're a Christian back in the day you'd be you'd be terrified of Saul as well perhaps Ananias could have understood a call to go rebuke and announce uh, condemnation upon Saul, but he was being sent because God had plans to draft Saul, a top persecutor, a top pick for the next extension of the gospel mission. God had a calling for both Ananias and Saul, and both would need to obey and go in spite of suffering to come. Uh, God gave Ananias some start startling insight as a part of his instruction. Saul was uh, God's chosen instrument, a container or vessel in which to carry the message of the gospel. God was calling an avowed enemy into his own service. A calling is not a self-initiated vo vocation decision nor is it a purview of the church. God is one, is the one who calls. God is the one who plans our steps. Every call has its shade of suffering. Ananias was called to face and overcome his fear, to obey Lord's command to go to Saul. Saul would face numerous uh, sufferings, emotional, physical, spiritual, throughout his gospel ministry. Believers are prone to glamorize the Christian life and mission rather than to be honest about it. But every believer is called by God to a life and faith to end ministry. Therefore, every believer will suffer difficult difficulty of some sort. Hardship may come through the specific persecution, or it may come to the living faithfully in difficult circumstances like we are in right now in the pandemic. Uh, through it all, we must know that suffering in the call is not 
an indication of the absence of God. Suffering is included in the call in the first place, and God never abandons His children. Let me ask you this question. What are some ways believers may experience suffering as a part of their calling? This could be through uh, persecution. Maybe people doesn't like you. Maybe uh, they would start to ridicule you. Uh, temptation. There's a lot of temptation in the world, right? We live in a sinful world. Therefore, um, um, through death as well. A lack of resources, right? We're not the most, uh, the richest people in the world, right? So uh, there's also sickness in this world. Uh, distance from family and friends and church. Because some, some, some uh, let's say you are called to a mission to go to uh, somewhere else to plant the church or to, uh, to tell people about God, then you'd have to leave your friends, family, and the church, right? So there's a lot of, a lot of ways that uh, Christianity uh, can, can uh, believers may experience suffering as a part of their calling. Which brings us to point three, united with believers. Let's read uh, verses 17 to 20. Let's read. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hand on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. For some days, he was with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately, he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. 
The thing is, Ananias is not widely featured in the New Testament, appearing only in the scriptures, but Acts 9 suggests that he was a tipping point Christian nonetheless. Ananias' obedience to the strange call of God unleashed the mission to the Gentiles and resulted in the Bible books of Ephesians, Galatians, Romans, and more later written by Saul. This seemingly small step of faith blessed a man, church, and the world. Every Christian who obeys the call of God is a tipping point Christian. Every decision to obey God, even in the strangest uh, matters, gets us closer to fulfilling the multifaceted will of God for the earth and humanity. We change the world through our faithful actions of obedience. Like a domino that falls upon its neighbor and starts a chain reaction. The church on the go is the church on the grow. Of all terms, Ananias could have chosen to describe Saul. He chose one that reflected his own faith that what God said about Saul was true. He called Saul brother. Saul, who was the angel of death, was now called a close, intimate relative. Only the gospel can do that. Only the gospel can do that. Those two had little in common to bring them into unified mission, except that the Lord God The Lord Jesus had called both of them into grace and salvation. Thank God that He unites us with other believers in this church. We all need brothers and sisters who welcome, encourage, and show us the way of faith. Not of us, um, not even so. Also, known as Apostle Paul, can navigate the course of ministry on our own. God has designed the life of faith this way. We all need other believers to partner with us, pray for us, and encourage us. Saul awaited Ananias to pray for him so the scales would fall from his eyes. Similarly, we need the church. That's why we do uh, Sunday services. That's why we do prayer meetings. That's why we do uh, Bible doctrine. Um, Where would any of us be if none of the voice of the faithful at critical junctures in our lives? Surely in my life, I would never be anywhere without FIBC, without um, UNIDA in in Philippines, without without my parents praying for me, without my, my church leaders praying for me. We fool ourselves by thinking that the Christian life is a lone ranger venture. Instead, this journey is an interconnected fellowship in which believers mutually benefit from one another. As we minister to the power of the same Holy Spirit and the name of our one Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's look at the doctrine of unity of the church. Christ's desire for a church is that we be united as one by him by the gospel, reflecting the oneness of our Trinitarian God. As such, uh, we are to allow for no division to separate us. 
such as ethnicity, it doesn't matter, right? Socioeconomics, and nationality, language, politics, secondary doctrinal beliefs. None of this matters. Our objective is not simply to work around or look past these differences within the body of Christ, but to celebrate the diversity of God's people made one in Christ, demonstrating humility and freely loving the and forgiving one another, to reflect the power of Christ who reconciles all things to himself. Let me ask you this question. What are some ways believers can demonstrate their unity in Christ with other believers? I think uh, in our church, we are very good at this, right? We, uh, we love the fellowship to, uh, fellowshipping together uh, in worship and in mission, right? In, with food as well. Um, acts of compassion when we go out and uh, bring people food or uh, bring people gifts as well. That's amazing. We do, we do that uh, really good as well. Um, when we pray for one another... Uh, I love I love how we uh, gather every Friday and we just pray for one another. It's just amazing, right? Uh, giving money for uh, people who um, in need, right? Uh, we just support each other. For example, if someone lost their job, we are able to give give back to them, um, love on them, and uh, give support. Uh, maybe groceries or something like that. Um, and I love how we are open to one another and we can listen to one another. Now, this is our mission for today, uh, this message. 
uh, because we were once estranged from God but are now his children through Jesus we pray for the salvation of others with full confidence that God can transform even the hardest heart now what does this mean for us there are three questions that I would like to uh, give to you guys today and we'll be able to use this in our lives and in in our families and also in our church um the first question is what has god spoken to your heart through soul's conversion that will motivate you to believe and to believe and action second question is what are some ways your group uh, or church should uh, welcome and minister to new believers and for whom you will pray regularly that God will call him or her to salvation and reach with his grace. Um, with that in mind, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, um, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for saving us, um, giving us a new life, a new eternal life. Father, help us to not be picky, to not be... Do not discriminate to other people. That we'll be able to share to everyone your love, your grace, and your mercy. Help us, O oh Lord, that we will uh, continue to seek unbelievers, whoever they may be, they may be, whatever they've done in their lives, whatever they are doing, they can be used by you. They can experience your love as well. And that we can all work together for your mission. Father, we thank you for the life of Apostle Paul, the life of Ananias, that uh, you use Ananias so that uh, Apostle Paul will be able to connect with the Gentiles. Father, with this mission, we as people of today's time can experience as well this salvation that is only coming from Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray.